Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred words of the Bible. Each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. Thanks for joining us today. We are looking forward to diving into the Word of God, 2 Corinthians chapter 2 today. It is Thursday, August 26, 2021, and we are journeying through the New Testament. And specifically, now we're in the second chapter of 2 Corinthians. And uh, glad you could be a part of it today. Thanks for jumping on. You know what we do. We read, we pray, we change the world. So let's do it. Let's read. Um, so we're, Paul has this, uh, you know, tumultuous relationship with the Corinthians. And um, <clears throat> and so we, uh, we read yesterday that he uh, was intending to go to Corinth twice on the way to Macedonia and then when he returned from Macedonia. However, after the first visit, that didn't go so well. So Paul's like, yeah, I'm not going back. At the end of chapter one, he was like, I was about to go back, but I, I spared you that visit. <laughs> in other words, I was in no headspace to be meeting with you again. So uh, so I didn't come back. Um, and so, yeah, let's continue it on. Um Let's see what the word of the Lord has to say to us today. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. He says, so I made up my mind I would not make another painful visit to you. For, for if I grieved you, who is left to make me glad but whom I have grieved? So if I, you know, if I hurt you when I went there, what good would it be for me to go back and, you know, Stir up the same mess. Uh, I wrote as I did. So he instead of going back, he wrote. He wrote a letter instead of going back. Verse 3. I wrote as I did so that when I came, I would not be distressed by those who should have made me rejoice. You get what he's saying right here. It's like, all right, you, you, this isn't the way it ought to be. We ought to be getting along better. We ought to be, when we see each other, there ought to be some, some rejoicing and some encouragement. But that's the case. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. And it, what, what it is is a mess. So when I saw you the first time, called us a lot of pain for y'all and for me, all y'all and for me. <laughs> and uh shouldn't have been that way. Should have been rejoicing, but it wasn't. So I didn't go back. Um, so I, uh, I sent a letter. And um, I sent a letter instead. You know, there's some wisdom in that, you know, uh, you know, sometimes when sometimes a letter is just better, you know, if they're sometimes when the emotion is there's, you know, it's wisdom, right? Because there's sometimes when a face to face conversation is needed, a letter, it won't work um, because there's just too much, too much to say, maybe too, too much, too much to misunderstand or misinterpret. Um, so sometimes a face to face is, is the absolute necessary. But sometimes when the emotions are too high, honestly, when when it's an explosive situation, 
a letter, and I would recommend a handwritten letter more than even an email or something like that because it's it's less personal, right? Email is less personal, but like a handwritten letter, you know, it just provides it's a little a little more uh, disengaging. Um, maybe can turn down the notch, the pain, and the uh, this the craziness a little bit. Anyway, anyway, we're, we're, we, that's what's going on here. Verse four. Uh, wait, wait. Louder part of verse three. Um, I had confidence in all of you that you that you would all share my joy. Verse four. For I wrote you out of great distress and anguish of heart and with many tears. Man, I'm telling you, this was a serious conflict. Not to grieve you, but to let you know the depth of my love for you. All right. So, Paul, you know, now what was that anguish letter? Um, most scholars actually do not believe it was First Corinthians um, because First Corinthians doesn't read like a, an, a letter of anguish. Um, so most scholars believe that there's another letter uh, that perhaps is lost that we don't have that was the, quote, sorrowful letter. Now, that doesn't mean that we, you know, does that mean we don't have all the word of God? No, that doesn't mean that. God has all the books of the Bible that he wants us to have. We got 27 letters of the New Testament. That's exactly what God wanted us to have. So, but um, yeah, so a lot of people don't believe that 1 Corinthians was actually the sorrowful letter, that it was it was a different letter. All right, verse five. If anyone has caused grief, he has not so much grieved me as he has grieved all of you to some extent, not to put it too severely. So Paul's looking, it's like, so apparently, you know, there's a conflict when he was there the first time. He's like, I just want to let you know I'm good. <laughs> If anyone has caused grief, he has not so much grieved me. So like, I'm getting I'm good, man. Don't worry. Look, if you think I'm still raw about it, if you think I'm still angry about it, if you think I can't get over it, trust me, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> you know, sometimes you got to reassure people. You know, they think they think you're still mad at them. You know, you know, when you think when you think somebody's mad at you, you start to read into their actions and what their behavior is and what they're doing and what they're saying. Um, that can be totally off base. You start you start reading into their actions. You start assuming they're doing things for certain reasons when they aren't. So Paul's like, look, I just want to clear the air. Just want to clear the air. I'm not mad at you. You know, yes, we can all acknowledge that was a painful visit, but I'm good. I hope you're good. I'm ready to move on. Hey, that might be a word for somebody today. Today you might need to clear the air with someone. They think you're still mad at them. They think you're upset with them. They think you're holding a grudge against them. You got to set them free, man. You got to say, look, you know what? It is what it is. We we, uh, we aired our, our feelings. We said what we had to say. It's done. It's over. Sometimes that's an important conversation. Um, verse six, the punishment inflicted on him by the majority is sufficient. Okay, okay. Now, instead, you ought to forgive and to comfort him. Okay, so now look, now this is now this is interesting. So apparently, I don't know if you remember this or not, but back in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, Paul um, confronted an issue where a son was sleeping with his stepmother. Paul condemned that, and he said, you, you, you got to expel this immoral brother. You got to, because he was unrepentant. You got to expel him. You got to make, you got to, for the sake of his soul, you know, um, well, presumably, get this, presumably they did. They took Paul's advice. They did that. 
and it worked exactly like it was hoped to have worked, and that is namely that the man repented from his sin. He, he saw the error of his ways. <laughs> I mean, that could have gone a, different way, a lot of different ways. But no, he didn't get resentful. He didn't get mad. He didn't bash the church. He didn't, you know, he's he realized his life was wrong, and he repented. But ironically enough, <laughs> presumably the, the Corinthians now won't receive him back. So they would receive him when he was living in sin. But then when he is expelled from the church and he repents of his sin and comes back, they still hold a grudge against him. So watch this. The punishment inflicted on him by the majority is sufficient. He's already paid his. I mean, you know, the embarrassment, the shame when they when they voted him, you know, kind of excommunicate him. That was enough. Now, verse seven, instead, you ought to forgive and comfort him. Don't hold a grudge against him. Don't keep shaming him. Don't keep abusing him. Or I should say your, your disciples, your, your discipline is now becoming abuse. Don't, don't abuse him. You ought to forgive and comfort him so that he will not be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. He feels bad already. I urge you, verse 8, therefore, to reaffirm your love for him. Man. How do we, how good, how well do we do that? How do we, how well do we reaffirm the, uh, the repentant sinner or the, the one who is, uh, returned, you know, the one who's maybe made some mistakes, made, made some messed up a few times, maybe messed up a lot of times, maybe messed up some, in some big ways. Are we holding a grudge against them? Are we looking at them with suspicion? Are we treating them like second class citizens? Paul's like, nah, uh, 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 you don't do that. You comfort them. They repented. They, they've, uh, they've demonstrated godly sorrow that leads to repentance. Now you need to reaffirm your love for them. Verse 9. Another reason I wrote you was to see if you would stand the test and be obedient in everything. Anyone you forgive, I also forgive. I'm with you. And what I have forgiven, if there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake. Again, he's saying any hard feelings we've had. Any issues that we've had, any hurt that you may have caused me, I've forgiven you. I've long since forgiven you. Why? In, in order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. Mm. Man, Paul's like, I, I, I can see, devil, what you're trying to do. What you're trying to do is you're trying to divide the body of Christ. I see it. We're not ignorant to the devil's schemes. We see what he's trying to do, trying to get everybody against everybody. There was a preacher on that kind of went around on social media. I think I shared it on my social media page. A Pentecostal preacher, man. He was laid it out, man. He basically said that. He's speaking to the devil, speaking straight to the devil. Said, I see what you're up to. You're trying to get everybody against everybody, black against white, this person against that person, vaccinated against unvaccinated, mask against no mask, and trying to trying to divide the body of Christ over these issues. And he and that preacher said, I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. Stop the division. <laughs> and I'm like, yes and amen. Stop the division. It's craziness. That's what Paul's saying. He's saying if there's been any harm or hurt between us, I've long since forgiven given it because, look, I know that there's a there's an enemy out there that tries to seek and, and divide and conquer, and, and we ain't going to let it happen. Man, you know what? Sometimes you got to look around at your circumstances. 
through the uh, through the lens of the Holy Spirit. It's like, what you know, is there something more going on here? You know, because the word of God tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. There's a spiritual force at work. There are spiritual forces at work that cause us to go against each other. Jesus is always trying to push his body towards unity. And the devil always trying to push the body of Christ away from each other because he knows because he's scared. I'll be honest with you because he's scared because he knows that he's. He whooped if the church is united. So his only weapon is to divide us. Paul saw that. Paul's like, uh, -uh. Satan wants to outwit us. We ain't gonna let. We ain't gonna have it. For we are not unaware of his schemes. Verse twelve. Now, when I went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ and found that the Lord had opened a door for me, I still had no peace of mind because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I went there, but I, I didn't have peace because I didn't find my brother there. So I said goodbye to them and went on to Macedonia. But thanks be to God. I love this part. This is my favorite. It's one of my favorite passages in the Bible right here. <laughs> I love this passage. I love this. But thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. Man, that image of a of a of a victor's parade where Christ is 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 the is the is the conquering king. And we have been captured by Jesus and we spread the aroma of Jesus, the aroma of Christ. Now, to some people that smell good, to other people that don't smell so good. Watch this, watch this, watch it. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one, we are the aroma that brings death. To the other, an aroma that brings life. Some people see the body of Christ and it inspires them and it brings the life and hope. Other people, the spiritual forces of wickedness, see the body of Christ and it makes them cringe. For the saved, it's a sign of victory. For the unsaved, it's a, a sign of angst. Verse 17, unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. We ain't trying to do nothing out of money. We ain't trying to make no money. We ain't trying to preach the gospel for money. On the contrary... In Christ, in Christ, we speak before God with sincerity as those sent from God. We ain't about the money. We ain't trying to make no money. We're just trying to preach the word. With a Roma Christ everywhere we went. We just preach the word. We just on a podcast. We ain't trying to charge no money. <laughs> we just we ain't, we ain't trying to peddle the word of God. We're not trying to peddle the word for profit. We preaching Jesus. That's what we're doing. I love that. I love that man. That I, that image of a triumphant procession, victors, a victor, victory parade. Man, do you know that today? If you're a follower of Jesus, you're in the victory parade, man. You're uh, and you are spreading the aroma of Jesus everywhere you go. So, man, let's do that. How can we do that? Well, we can do that by uh, forgiving the offended brother. When a brother that is has offended us, or sister that has offended us, we forgive them. We release them. We're spreading the aroma of Christ. When we uh, when we uh, air our feelings and, and move on and um, let people know that they're forgiven and that we're okay and that we've forgiven them and that we're good, we spread the aroma of Christ. 
man. I love it. Very, very practical. Very, very. If you have some hurt relationships, man, maybe you can apply some of this. Might be helpful for your relationships that you're going through right now. Need some healing? Maybe you need a letter. Maybe you need to sit down and write a letter. Share your heart. It's amazing sometimes how God uses that stuff. All right, guys. Short one today. That's all right, though. Good word. Good word. So you know what we do right now? We're going to pray. Let's do it. Thank you guys for being on today. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Uh, Thank you for the honesty of the word of God that, you know, when you're in a relationship with people, even in the church, sometimes it gets messy. Sometimes it gets there's some hurt and pain. Sometimes we say things and and uh, have sorrowful moments. Sometimes we have moments where there are tears uh, because of the pain. Um, But, Lord, we pray that we would um, we would always push towards unity and and uh, and reconciliation. Lord, help us to be those who are willing to offer and receive forgiveness, not only from you, but from one another. Um, Lord, when someone sins against us, whether us individually or against the community, and they repent, Lord, let us let us be like you and to fully welcome them, to show our love for them um, in, in great and real ways. Lord, thank you that you've brought us into your procession, that through the blood of Jesus, you have purchased our salvation. You have purchased victory for us, and we are part of that triumphant parade of saints that march throughout the ages. Lord, help us today in everything we do to spread the aroma of Jesus. We pray in his name and give him thanks. Amen. Amen. God bless you today. Thank you for being a part of this. Thanks for joining us on the podcast, a special edition of the podcast. We'll do uh, chapter three tomorrow, Friday, uh, as well on the podcast. No social media uh, this Thursday and Friday. So this will be exclusives on the podcast only. So hope you will join us tomorrow. Thanks for sharing this. Really, seriously, thanks for sharing it. Thanks for subscribing to it. Let people know about it. Let people know you watch it. On, you listen to it on Facebook. Let people on Facebook know you listen to it on the podcast. Whatever. You know what I mean? Really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Love you guys. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today on Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, please help us by spreading the word about the podcast. You can do that by giving us a thumbs up, subscribing, and sharing it with your friends. You can also find me, Pastor Terry, as well as Bayside Church in Safety Harbor, Florida, on all social media platforms. The church you will find at Bayside Church SH. Again, thank you for being with us today and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.